हेलो एवरी वन एंड वेलकम टू द सेकेंड एपिसोड ऑफ नाउ वट वी हैव ए नेम फॉर द कैथलिक वॉक माई नेम इज मारियो Darren, hello everyone. How are you doing? And yes, we finally have a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is one of those podcasts which is a cross between uh, a lay person like me, a humble lay person like me, and a soon-to-be to be cleric, uh, a soon-to-be father, Anthony Darren Prem Kumar. <laughs> Darren is a seminarian. <laughs> if you've heard the previous podcast. and uh, i'm a lay person who's uh, let's put it this way trying to work the call that god has on my life on we all mario on we all we all have a calling in life which we are trying our best to follow yes. i guess great yeah, totally totally yeah that's true so what do you have with you i have my coffee and uh, <laughs> there's a funny story behind this coffee but uh, this is <laughs> malaysian white coffee <laughs> Well, have you heard of Malaysian white coffee? Oh, but but yeah. Tell tell me first, what do you have with you, or well, do you, or do you just have water? I actually have nothing with me, Maria. Right now, all I have in front of me is a phone, my my microphone, and my laptop. That's all I have right now in front of me. <laughs> I actually don't like coffee. I'm not a fan of coffee, so um, I I usually stay oh, away from okay. those kind of stuff. Are you a tea person then? I'm a orange juice person or a Coke person. I like plain milk but oh, <laughs> I don't I don't okay. go to tea or coffee. <laughs> I know it's quite strange because everyone in my oh, family sh- drinks tea and coffee. But I'm like the only one that's like okay. so far away from those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do when you're going to fall asleep then? You see the funny thing is right like um I've tried caffeine before but it just never works on me. Like I always just end up getting really drowsy or tired and so I, so when I have caffeine it does the opposite effect to what it should be doing which is very strange but <laughs> <laughs> yeah you certainly are from a different planet <laughs> yeah i probably am <laughs> great yeah just kidding yeah yeah what i'm drinking today is called malaysian white coffee i discovered this in my trip to malaysia last year uh 2000 and yeah the start of 2020 so it's uh, you know leon and angeline right of course yeah yeah so Yeah so they were also two people who came to dine and uh, yeah they were both um, engaged uh, when they were at dine and their wedding happened in Jan so a couple of us flew down to Malaysia at that time that was my last trip uh, i mean like a, a holiday uh, you know that was just before covid when we landed back here is when we actually had like restrictions and stuff put on but yeah that's where i actually uh, got to know about white coffee Uh, white coffee is nothing but coffee with milk so I mean, yeah <laughs> if you're wondering <laughs> great 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 yeah that reminds me actually it's got night taste yeah, nice taste, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me actually cuz um last week we were speaking about friendships weren't we and how our dine friendships that we formed were quite amazing and quite life changing and so today we thought we would um yeah. delve into that a bit more deeper and um We saw this we found this document or was it vlog or blog blog we found this blog It's didn't we It's a blog or blog yeah yeah about three kinds of friendships yeah. and um it was quite an interesting blog I'm not going to lie and it was quite eye opening and so we thought we would share this blog with you guys today and uh, just our thoughts and um what we feel about it and it's called three kinds of friendships and the person or the writer of this blog basically uh, speaks well he uses Aristotle's um 
Aristotle's works and he speaks about three kinds of friendships. Friendship of utility, friendship of pleasure and um, virtuous friendships. And um, Mario, would you like to explain what they are? Yeah, actually, let me give a little bit of background as well to it. So uh, I think a, hist- a little bit of history always helps in kind of like understanding how uh, we stumbled upon these things. So uh, I always thought about friends as, uh, how do I put it? Uh, somebody I had fun hanging around with, right? I always looked at friends as uh, somebody who was my classmate when I was initially in school, of course, and then when I was working, my colleagues. Uh, and some friendship stuck, some uh, faded away. And uh, friendship was always this thing like, okay, somebody who you like spending time with, you go out for coffee, etc. But I didn't really understand uh, the depths of friendship. There were some people who I'd call close mm. friends, like, you know, I'd so, like, even I would say best friends, etc. But a few others, yeah. I would be like, yeah, they're just like friends. And then there's acquaintances. I was like, okay, is that the gradation of friendship that exists? And, you know, how do I right, determine yeah. this? Like, like, and we as Christians are called to be, to, to love one another, to love our friends, right? And uh, it, it's written in John fifteen thirteen. no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And I was, uh, yeah, the, when I was, when I came to the Lord, when I was like a lot more inspired, uh, when I understood God's love mm. for me, when I was called to be, uh, a, a, let's say, walking out of the cradle Catholic shell, when I was, when I was coming out of that shell, I was like, dabbling with these questions and um, God as he sends people he sent a friend who was talking to me about this concept of friendship and then uh, she introduced me to this idea of uh, friendship from John Paul's love and responsibility that's where this blog also kind of takes the right the essence okay of it. yeah so Pope John Paul in his uh, book love and responsibility uh, uses Aristotle's uh, uh, analogy for friends when he goes ahead and tries to explain uh, the three kinds of friendships and uh, the three kinds of friendships as you rightly said was uh, the first one is a friendship of utility the second one is a pleasant friendship and the third one is a virtuous friendship so I'll go about talking a little bit of about each one of these I was wondering how we'd go about it probably what I'll do is I'll talk a little bit about what friendship of utility is you give your thoughts and you can also talk about, you know, whether you've had friends like that, whether you still have friends like that. I could do the same on my friend, my side as well. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, let's okay. go for it. Cool. Yeah, that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. So a friendship of utility is somebody who you are a friend with because you, I mean, from the name itself, like you find a utility from that friendship when um when it's a friend who's probably got a car and you need them to ferry you around, that can be treated as a friendship of utility. Or if there's a friend who's got money who always lends you, that's a friendship of utility. Or a friend who's got an Xbox or a PS5 and you want to go and play with them, <laughs> right? So that's another friendship of utility. And uh, it's also work-related friendships because you keep friendships at work because you want to be able to utilize their references at some point in the future. That's again a utility, right? Then the word itself that I said, yeah, utilization yeah. of it. And that's that's how the friendship of utility comes into the picture. And um, yeah, I must say that when I look at the gamut of friends around me, when I was trying hard to, I'm st- let's put it this way, I'm trying hard to love every friend of mine, okay? It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. Oh, I know, so, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
soon. I genuinely am saying I'm trying to make an effort. I'm I'm being genuine about it. I I'm trying to pray for my friends at work. Uh, somebody the other day had their uh, uh, their son. The small incident was like this: their son actually fell down while playing in a swing, and he hurt his head. And this uh, he's a he's Polish, and uh, of course, uh, you know that. Cat Catholicism is one of the is ninety eight percent of uh, Polish uh, folks are Catholics. So yeah, uh, wow. but he is not a church going Catholic in in that traditional sense, right? In that true sense. Okay. So okay, when his yeah. friend when uh, when his son had fallen and he was telling me about it, I could see the pain in his eyes, and I was like, "I'll pray for your son." I found that the first time I actually put my uh, myself out there saying I'll pray for somebody else. Like and this person is a colleague, right? Who generally would fall under that banner of your friendship of utility. So yeah, that's that's where I was trying to be a friend in that sense. But yeah, when I think about otherwise, most of the colleagues who I've uh, had in the past and who I've worked with, uh, school friends, etc., who are probably in different places, uh, they they could be treated. They could be termed as people of uh, uh, people who I have kept as friendship of utility because you know that that friendship that you have with them would come in handy at some walk of your life. So that's how you would actually term friendship of utility. And I think prior to my conversion, I spent a lot more time ensuring that I kept these uh, friendships alive for that sole purpose. But now my thought process has been changing. And with the grace of God, I'll be able to fully um, understand what the what what the true meaning of friendship is, and you know, migrate to a different form of friendship, which we will talk in a bit. So, Darren, tell us a little bit about uh, what what's your experience with friendship of utility? Yeah, it's that's quite an interesting one, actually. To be honest with you, because um, I had I've had part time jobs um, in the past, and I've had um, good relationships with um, my managers, my colleagues at work. And but for me, what I've realized is the friendships that you sort of make at work, um, that you form at work, should I say, it kind of stays there. You don't really bring that kind of friendship with you to at home or wherever you go. And so, like it, like what friendship, like how you very beautifully defined it. You know how it's sort of about it's sort of about um, what you can gain. You know, it's gaining something from that relationship or that friendship, and that's very much. Um, what it was like at work you know um, when I needed help or something I would seek one of my colleagues or seek one of my um, a friend at work who would help me out in um, in whatever work I'm doing and so it's more about you know how you can um, make the most of the relationships that you have over there and um, so that's what I noticed about uh, friendships of utility but of course, saying that, I do think that those kind of friendships can develop because, for example, right now, um, although I've left that work, so I used to work at um, a clothing restaurant called, restaurant? Clothing shop called <laughs> River Island. <laughs> yeah, so I used to work What's at a clothing... What's the menu today, Darren? <laughs> uh, a double XL t-shirt. <laughs> okay, what a blunder. Okay, let's just pretend that never happened. So I used to work at a clothing shop and um, and uh, my manager there was a very great manager. And um, even now, even though I don't work there anymore, we still talk to each other about football and um, things like that. So I guess what you can say is the friendships that you would make at work, 
it doesn't necessarily always have to just end at work but you can also carry on that friendship um even to your own life outside of work or wherever you are yeah yeah definitely i think let's put it this way i don't think a friendship of utility is bad per se but i think being a christian the way we treat the person like it shouldn't be primarily for that yeah. utility that they tend to give you i mean utilizing a person by by its by its very nature is wrong period right but when it comes to yeah. uh, like work relationships you know that you're maintaining a good relationship and it should be out of the love that you can have for a fellow human being let's put it that way i think i mean it's it's going to be far more mm. difficult to understand what how do you actually balance these things but at the uh, but when you think of a person beyond that utility ut- that utility that they offer you when you think of them as a human being a god a person who god created in all their beauty right then that friendship actually blossoms yeah. into something more i think that's how you can transform your friendships of utility to be more christian in nature yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's a very um, important thing you said there mario because no matter what kind of friendship we have you know um we can always bring our faith into it and or practice our faith in the friendships that we have and like you said there rightly we um just using them for our own gain is obviously not good but what we can do you know in the situations that we are in at work is um you know maybe help the other person if they needed help you know or um give them guidance if they need guidance i know for example um when i was at work so when i was about 2 or 3 months into my job there was still um not 3 months maybe about f- halfway through so about 6 months um into my job uh, there were still new p- new workers coming in and so what my responsibility was at some at a point was because i was a lot more experienced i knew what i was doing i had to basically um show them around the place show them how to use the computers what to do on the computers and stuff like that and um, so there's an element of um gut of um there's a christian element you could say of guiding that person uh showing them what to do helping them in that sense and helping them feel a lot more comfortable in their surrounding and helping them feel a lot more um more at ease i guess at 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 the work at what they're doing and i think that's um so important because when we think about friendship of utility it's so easy to think about the self you know about ourselves and what we can gain but we don't very often think about the other person and what we can do for that person yeah exactly exactly yeah and i think uh, you being the head chef of your clothing <laughs> restaurant did a great job <laughs> just kidding just kidding yeah jokes aside yeah i mean but yeah that's that's one of the thing i think like handling friendships at work is probably going to be the most one of the most difficult uh, situations that you've been that you'd ever be and i think um, how do you bring your faith into your friendship at work uh, is is a very important question like i've dabbled with it in the past like when i we send out greetings uh, to people for their birthdays or uh, when they have uh, an anniversary etc and when, whenever you write a message so you've write a personalized message and we send it across i've always wondered can i write god bless you mm. there because that's my natural inclination now when i when i'm greeting somebody i would like to say god bless you because i i really mean it that god would bless them but i found it difficult to know whether i could actually do this or not 
So I asked uh, in this group, so we have a WhatsApp group for all the folks at, at Dine, and I, was, I asked this question there, and Pradeep, a good uh-huh. friend of ours, yeah. uh, responded back saying, yeah, you should totally do it. So I took the courage and I actually did it, and uh, yeah, there was nothing uh, awful that <laughs> happened. <laughs> so I, I, I think uh, let's, I think it's, it's uh, taking that leap of faith, which which makes yeah. a lot of difference. So I've I've since been uh, more mindful. And uh, yeah, I've been a little more, uh, I think because it's, it's, you need to be mm. yourself yeah. wherever you are. And I think that's what, when we talk about being your authentic self and being your, bringing yourself to work as you are, I think it doesn't uh, stop with all the, you know, the current things in the world that, uh, that people are talking about, the current uh, struggles with identity mm. people are having and all of that, but it also goes to be who you are. So you and I, you and I have this identity in Christ. And if you're not able to bring that uh, self of ours to wherever we are, we are a different person at that point. So I think uh, that's an important thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I've been digressing a bit. <laughs> Let's get back right. into the topic. No <laughs> so yeah, three kinds of friendship. Yeah, so moving on to the second kind of friendship, it's uh, a pleasant friendship. So this is the kind of friendship that uh, you derive pleasure uh, by spending time with that person. It could be playing a game. It could be, um, I don't know, if you like singing songs together, if you like dancing together, etc. But your primary motivation for being a friend with that person is because of the pleasure you derive from that person. Uh, this takes me back to an episode that I saw in Friends. Um, you know, I might not get all the details right, but I'm going to try to remember as much as I can. Um, so there's uh, Monica who had a boyfriend, uh, I'm saying had because I mean this, of course, you all know that she ended up with Chandler, <laughs> right? So Monica uh, had a boyfriend who um, was was very happy to be around, like people were extremely, even Chandler was extremely happy to be around uh, this guy. So he'd come and he he was very joyous to be around. And then once in when one of the episodes, I think uh, we find that uh, this guy starts becoming extremely gloomy and nobody wants to be around him anymore. And uh, Chandler was asking, why is the case that he's become so gloomy? He was so fun to be with all this while. Then Monica says, no, he was he was drinking a lot. So I tried to curtail his yeah. drinking. And it turns out that he was being a pleasant person to be around only because of him being drunk all the time. So... Uh, in this case, uh, this guy lost his friends. I mean, Monica dumped him later and these people stopped seeing me. We, we never saw him in the show ever again. But the idea was that this guy was, people were happy with being around him because of that pleasure they derived yeah. out of him being there. He was a joyous person to be around. He was cracking jokes, etc. So the friendship is predominantly based on that aspect alone. Um I don't know about you, Dan, but there definitely are a bunch of people in my life who I witnessed mm. from that perspective, wherein, uh, you know, uh, being around, uh, being around them was uh, was happy to be around, uh, was pleasurable yeah. to be around. But I don't know if I I can't think back and actually say was I specifically. Uh, around them because of uh, them being nice to be with because I think I've I've gradually tended to be a slightly different person Mm. in the sense of like I like to talk to people more and there's a slightly different um, uh, way in which I interact with people so I never found myself uh, trying to be around somebody only because I derive pleasure like ever since I was a young kid that's not something that completely related to me but I've seen the reverse happen which is People felt that by being with, when, when they had, had to 
be in my presence the thing that they felt was was great about the friendship was the fact that they were cracking jokes right there are a bunch of people who i usually hang around with where they constantly uh only used to sit and crack jokes all the time there was nothing more about the friendship beyond that it was extremely at least for me i felt it to be a little surface level it wasn't too deep it just kept going on that range and uh, but that wasn't the case with me at least like i wasn't necessarily uh, wanting to be around people just because they crack jokes etc i think that was naturally not the kind of personality i was but yeah that was me but do you have any experience in this regard yeah yeah it's interesting what you said there and um i can definitely relate to that because i was the you know the kind of person that i'll be honest you know that wanted to be cool wherever i was you know so you know i'll try and act cool in school and um, and i guess basically i wasn't really myself and what you said um just before this about our identity you know i wasn't really being myself in my friendship groups in a sense that i just wanted to um i wanted to have this feeling of belonging and so i would try and um do things that i wouldn't usually do just to make make myself feel like i belong there and um, i think that's the biggest thing today and the most um quite tragic as well sometimes because there are a lot of people that you find you know today that um, are not really themselves in their friendships and um, they perhaps it's because you know they there's this fear that you know if you don't um, put your shift in in a sense that if you don't try and um, be like they are or be like those people then you know you're just going to be a loner and I think that's a gen that's that's genuinely a kind of um, understanding that people have today that um, if you don't live up to other people's expectations then um you're you're basically going to have no friends and so when we speak about pleasure you know sometimes what i've noticed in my life is how some people they do things completely out of their own way things that they wouldn't normally do just so that they can um impress the other person and um for me that's um that's wrong because like i said you're not exactly being yourself in that situation and you're not you know you're not being how you were brought up you know my parents brought me up in a certain way and by me doing things that I wasn't uh, born to do or that I wasn't brought up doing it didn't really it didn't really suit me it didn't really suit my nature and kind of like similar to what you said there's this element that you just didn't really belong there and I think that's okay sometimes it's okay to feel like we don't belong in friendships and that's because p- perhaps we were brought up in a different way to the people around us and that's something that we need to acknowledge that uh we didn't we don't have to completely change our own identity so that we can um we can fit into different groups or different friendship groups but like you say you know it's about being real to ourselves and um doing being ourselves whatever whatever friendship group we are in and um i know if, you know if i tell you, if i was to tell you a bit of a story when i was in primary school there was there was this um, <laughs> there was this girl okay and um basically everyone used to bully her okay and i feel kind of bad <laughs> but everyone used to bully this girl right and so i would join in actually so i would sometimes um you know just do stuff i would uh, just do stuff to be really mean to her to um to really make her life miserable let's say that and um i did that just so that people can kind of laugh with me you know and um i wasn't really being myself there and i knew you know that what i was doing was wrong but um a few years down the line so after primary school i kind of um realized what i did was wrong and i actually took the courage to apologize so i did go on facebook 
I found her and I apologized to her. And I said, "Oh, look, Good I'm idea. sorry that yeah. you know I mistreated you, and I know what I did was wrong." And and so that was a massive lesson for me. But um, for me, friendship or pleasure, it's so easy to be misguided and not really be yourself and um, be someone else for other people just for their own pleasure and their um, own entertainment. And um, that's where it can be really misguided. So I guess it's so important that, like you said earlier, I feel like I'm repeating this, but if you know your identity, if you know you know who you are and if you can be who you are in your friendship groups and still um give uh happiness to those around you then um that's okay but it's so important about in in this friendship it's so important that you know your identity yeah yeah totally i mean yeah what you mentioned about identity i think is like the endo of uh, how you can deal with friendships and uh, yeah quickly when you were talking about this one of the things that struck me is many people uh, when they are younger when they are in school uh, always like to go after mm. the popular kid and uh, the kids who aren't so popular try to fit in by doing things that would help uh, them be recognized in front of them right because at the end of the day what they don't realize is they are getting used in a sense by those people for their pleasure right and that's like a combination of these two things uh because the popular kids would like to derive pleasure out of the way these people behave and these people on the other hand felt a need to fit in and i think that's one of the struggles that most young people these days at school face and i think every television sitcom that i've seen which talks about young girls and guys in school talks about this this thing wherein they try to fit in with the cool kids and it's it's really uh, a sad mm. thing uh, i i wish uh, that everyone actually gets to know their identity at a young age and i must tell you that for me personally i was the shortest guy uh, or the second shortest guy <laughs> in in my class so i was already treated uh, like this little minion like people used to call me little rat and stuff like that but i must thank my mom for she made sure that uh, she constantly kept telling me who i am she told me that i'm a valuable person so every day i'm very close to my mom and when i was a kid every day after school i'd go sit by the kitchen counter and talk to her about the entire day you know if people mm. teased me and everything and i think somehow that relationship uh, saved me from a lot of trouble and trauma in life that i would have had because i was being able to i was able to be open with yeah. my mom in every way and when i used to tell her about the little things that made me feel small all of these things she actually made sure that she reinforced mm. who i was she kept telling me that you know don't worry about that you realize you know that you're you're good you are wonderfully made she kept yeah. re- kept reinforcing even if they used to make fun of me uh, my name was mario so i was i was called mario biscuit <laughs> and you know a ton of other things mario biscuits a famous biscuit in uh, in india i guess it's then the uk as well so yeah so much so that people remember me just as as biscuit i mean like hey biscuit <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean granted gra- it's, oh it's, it's a fun oh my god oh that's so tragic thing, right? <laughs> oh i feel so bad oh no yeah. <laughs> don't worry i'll never call you that <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I must say that my what what my mom did to me as a kid by reinforcing who I mm. was every day made uh, such a difference in that. And I think to all the young people over here listening, uh, if you're ever in the situation wherein you feel that you're small, you feel that uh, people around you don't value you for who you are. You're not mm. seen. Let's. I think a lot of us are why for attention. We want to be seen by others. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the negative light. It just could be that there are about 60, 70 people in your class or, or a smaller number, but then there are only few people who get called yeah. out, right? And you are relatively this there quietly doing your own thing and going and nobody notices you at all. Don't worry. Uh, God above sees you. He sees every little thing you're doing, right? And your identity rests in him and yeah. no one else. Realize this God created you and I individually and he wants to have a personal relationship with you and I. Part of the reason that a lot of people feel depressed and, and lonely, lonely is, is a very odd word because they've not realized that God is always with you, right? I mean, depression comes from the fact where people don't actually find that they have uh, this identity at all. And when you spoke about identity, I felt that mm. there was a need to talk about this because I think this is this is definitely a, a situation that a lot of people in this uh, age group, uh, the younger age group, of, I mean, not saying that as you grow older, it's not an issue, but it's predominantly something that starts there. And uh, we'll talk a little more about roots of issue. Like, I mean, I was just like having a small little bit of a, a, a moment where I thought about, okay, we should talk about how uh, either something that you felt uh, at a child, as a child, whether you were, you know, whether you were put aside, whether you were abused, whether you were shouted at, etc. How that can put play a big role into mm. who you are as a human being. Now it's called a yeah. root. But yeah, that that's a yeah, that's big topic, topic in itself. I think day, we should yeah. definitely go into it a little later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, again, as you can see, I've been digressing. You give me the mic and I keep talking. <laughs> so <laughs> coming back to <laughs> to this, yeah. So that's about the pleasant friendship, and uh, yeah, the final, uh, the third variant of the friendship that uh, Aristotle speaks about, which Pope John Paul writes, is called the virtuous friendship. Uh, in short, it's it's this friendship which which you you and the other person who you are the friend with both of you are trying to go towards this common uh, yeah. good you both of both of you are trying to go i mean in, in the words if i have to just read this out over here directly it involves two friends united in the pursuit of a common goal the good life rather than some use or pleasure now this good life what, what does good life mean it's a moral life it's a virtuous life and for us as christians we know a moral or a virtual life at the end of the day is how you and i can reach god right how we can read how we can lead a life that mm. god intends us to lead and loving each other how i can how, how i can ensure the other person goes yeah. to heaven which is our ultimate destiny right uh, and f like if darren if i treat you as a true and a virtuous friend that would mean that i would do everything that i can in my power meaning yeah. i pray for you i'd want to see you reach yeah. heaven one day that's the that's the goal eventually right so you and i and and just by that virtue of it right the word virtuous friendship itself tells you that every friendship you are to have actually needs to be in that mm. common pursuit of being of wanting the other person yeah. reaching heaven there's this uh, common misconception or myth that being a christian it's about how many points <laughs> you can get so you can reach heaven but it's exactly, not the case exactly exactly mm -hmm. that's not the case it's a, yeah 
you cannot expect your you be the only person in heaven and everyone else doesn't exactly. get to heaven that's going to be a lonely yeah. place isn't it right it's about it's about loving everybody because we are all united in christ at the end of the day we are all one person one big body and we'd want every single person that we love when god said go out and love the world and tell them tell them the good news it's about taking the good news to everyone in love and and hoping that they too would reach mm-hmm. the common goal of reaching heaven and i think that's that's the pursuit of us as a christian but it starts somewhere with with friends we can't go uh, i don't think i'm yet ready to just yeah. go into the streets and love everybody and say hey let's take you to to heaven i mean uh, god god yeah. has his plan yeah. on how he's going to do that yeah. but uh, he, he he maybe he'll he'll make me yeah. do that i don't know but uh, yeah it starts with your friends like when you start looking at every one of your friends uh your friendships as a virtuous friendship where your common goal at the end of the day should be how you would want the other person to be able to lead a life that takes them to heaven as well and not you alone that's how i term yeah, a virtuous yeah. friendship yeah that's yeah because obviously aristotle says doesn't it that's the best kind of friendship that we can have and um the great thing about virtuous friendships is um like it says we have this common goal right and um i guess it's quite um it's more of an enjoyable friendship when there's a common goal which we both are going that we which we both are working towards and in that sense we help each other get towards that common goal very much very much like you said and i guess that's sort of the 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 difference between the other kind of friendships where the other kind of friendships that we mentioned are more about the self this one's more about helping each other go towards um that final goal but um one thing i'll probably add to what you said there um because you, you pretty much covered very well what virtuous friendships about But one thing I guess um that I would just like to add on is that we don't necessarily have to always um um the, basically our relationship in a virtuous friendship isn't always going to be something full of compliments if not I mean in a sense that you know so, sometimes we if we want to help each other grow we have to be truthful to each other and being truthful also means to sometimes be a yeah. bit more be a bit brutal and um at the time sometimes um we wouldn't want to hear the truth and sometimes we prefer to hear lies and um just for us to be comfortable but part of us growing together especially in the faith is to make sure that we are both in the right path and to ensure that we are both in the right path it sometimes requires us to be able to um uh tell the other person you know look you're in the wrong path right now you're doing what you're doing is wrong and then you shouldn't be doing this and um So there's kind of a constructive criticism element to it but that's something that we have to sort of take in and um and um help us and take these criticisms that we um that we receive and help us and let make that uh, form us to be better people and you know if you look at marriage and uh, rela- um the relationships in marriage sometimes we can see that there's there's arguments in there you know we can see that um the husband and wife are not always in the right terms or they don't always not in the right wavelength but um but that's part of the relationship and that's part of growing together and i know sometimes mario um you know you've been frustrated at me or sometimes i've been frustrated at you but um <laughs> you know and sometimes you know i preach at times you've told me when you know what when i'm doing something wrong or when i can do something better and so you know part of the virtuous friendship is being able to accept criticism but using that criticism to help us grow yeah 
you bring a very good point over there because i think um you cannot like you said just always talk about oh yeah you're such a nice person i really uh, you know wish this for you of course you should wish the wish that for the other person but um paul writes right i mean i I'd, i'd kind of like put this here as well paul writes about in the body of christ in the church if you find one of your fellow brothers uh not following the will of god you are required to go and tell mm. that other person i think when paul is referring to that he's referring to everyone in the church is being friends in a virtuous form with each other and i think when yeah. you find your brother your sister your friend i mean you, you should treat your friends as like brothers and sisters and when you find them not taking the way that would lead them to heaven i think that's that's what you're trying to mm-hmm. get at right there and you need to be able to reach out to them and tell them that hey uh, i i really think this is this is not great if you find a friend of you going in the wrong way mm-hmm. probably another a bad relationship or if they are probably getting into an addiction or whatever right it could be mul- a multitude of things it it could yeah. also just be the way they're treating their life it it could be a lot of things but you should be able to speak into their life when you find that they aren't necessarily um doing what they they're not doing everything in their part to be able to be to able to lead that good life that takes them to heaven i think uh, that's important in in a in a watchers friendship it's always uh it's always something that we need to keep doing and uh, yeah that that mm-hmm. brings me to another point which was like if i had to take uh, so when i read this right when i heard about this for the first time it was a light bulb moment because uh, for those of you who have known me like i've been harping about this this idea of uh, the three kinds of friendships for quite a while like for the for the last couple of years ever since i've heard it whenever i've gotten an opportunity to go and tell others about it i've been telling them about it like the two big things in my head that i've uh, found really changed my perspective on life and christianity as a whole was oh, yeah. one was this concept of friendship and the other is the theology of the body which is probably another another topic for us to talk about at some point but yeah so definitely these two things made such a big difference and ever since i've read this one of the questions i kept asking myself was uh what is a litmus test for a good friendship and uh, i looked back <laughs> and the question i tried to ask about every friend i had was do i want to see them in heaven that was the first question right second one is am i doing everything in my power uh by trying to be a good friend to want to see them get to heaven like i mean they're kind of like intertwined these two questions but i think mm. the first question itself kind of like gives you a, a huge eye opener so yeah. i did this for every single friend of mine and uh, it was a very difficult moment at that time when i realized that i wasn't really thinking about my friends in that light and uh, yeah i i've been trying hard to see that i could uh, pray for my friends uh, you know mm-hmm. as frequently as i could uh, and try to I don't know yeah. like I mean there are a lot of non-believer friends that I have and I'd not know how to be a witness to Christ to them except to live my life and hope that uh, that would be a witness to them I I'm I'm praying to praying to God to open my eyes and give me a sense of being able to know how I could bring the gospel to them itself at one itself at one point but the the starting point for me would be that I I pray for them so yeah that was the litmus test for me and uh, uh have you tried putting the litmus test to, uh, to your friends that uh, i'll be honest with you i don't think i have you know <laughs> i never you know, i just um you know it's a learning thing for me as well you know so i never actually um reflected and thought to myself you know do i want to see this person in heaven but what i would say is 
I always try to be the best person I can be for that person, you know, and help them in any way that I can. But um, what I just want to sort of add on to you, Mario, about, you know, helping each other get to heaven, you know, um, what I want to add on to that is the question that a lot of people would ask after saying that is, how would we do that? You know, how would we get that person to heaven? And for me, when I was sort of just thinking about that question, I guess the best way or the st a good start would be for would be helping them recognize that there is a friendship that they can have in Jesus. And I think that's the best starting point. Once you know that there is a relationship that you can have with Jesus, it completely changes the entire course of your life. Because once you know that you can have a relationship with Jesus, slowly you'll start to try and live a life according to how Jesus would want you to live. And for me, you know, growing up, I knew Jesus. I know of Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus, if that makes sense. Like, I knew the person of Jesus. I knew who Jesus was. I knew he was, I knew he was a God. I knew he died on the cross to forgive sins. But I didn't know the person. I didn't know Jesus as a person to me as a person as um i didn't know jesus personally and i guess it's when i started to know jesus personally and when i started to uh, realize how important he is as a friend for me in my life that is when i started to change the way i live my life and one thing that i came to realize quite early on thank god is that jesus he's not a spectator you know he's not a god that just looks and condemns as some people would think of him as but he's someone that really wants to have an intimate relationship with you, like you said earlier. And he wants to be involved in every part of your life. And I think once we acknowledge that, once we realize that Jesus really wants to be part of you, part of your life, it can give you so much joy and happiness that you never received from your friends. And that's something I certainly experienced. When I, um, when I allowed you, when I welcomed Jesus into my life and welcomed him to you know, every element of my life every small thing that i did it brought me so much joy and happiness that i realized that my friends weren't able to fulfill me weren't able to give me sorry at school and so i think you know this kind of friendship goes beyond the virtuous friendships the one that the kind of friendship we were just speaking about and when it comes to bringing people towards god and trying to bring people towards heaven by uh, helping them recognize that they can have a friendship in Jesus and by showing them that by showing them how we live our lives with Jesus that is probably the best start that you could possibly have mm, yeah definitely I think put another way it would be you wouldn't know how to be a good friend unless you've been given the best friendship ever so I mean we all can love only because we know God loves us because God is love if we do not we we can authentically say that we love only because we understand God's love. Let me put it that way. I mean, because love is often misinterpreted in this world. But unless we fully understand who what God's love is, we wouldn't be able to give love. In the similar light, unless we do not, unless we have this friendship with Jesus, where we understand the fullness of this friendship, would we not? Would we know how we could do that to our fellow brothers mm -hmm. and sisters as well in in our friendship? So. I think that that's with that that's a beautiful way to look at it, Darren. Definitely, we need to inculcate this friendship with Christ. And like I said, if I have to think back as well, I think when I I, I started off by saying when I came to Christ, right? 
when I truly understood uh, my identity in Christ, that was when I started thinking about my friendship. So in a way, this happened to me as well, but I didn't really think about it. I think you brought yeah, that out that's... beautifully. You need to be able to have this relationship with Christ, know what that friendship is for you to be able to then go and be a friend, a true virtuous friend to other people. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was a wonderful uh, conversation, definitely. I think that uh, I hope uh, we've touched uh, base, uh, like at least introduced you all to this concept. We'll definitely leave a link to this blog that we were reading. It's uh, The blog itself is called Pure in Heart. There are a ton of other articles over there that we've, uh, that, that, we, that are interesting that I've read before. But of course, uh, definitely we leave a link to this particular uh, blog and uh, also a link to Pope John Paul's book Love and Responsibility uh, yeah which I haven't fully read I must admit but uh, yeah it's <laughs> let me leave the link over there mm. yeah so yeah the two things we'd probably want to leave you with is uh, think about every relationship in your life um, introspect uh, and, and think put your friends to the litmus test uh, but before that start your authentic relationship with Jesus' dad and told you. Yeah. Mario, I just realized something. At the beginning, we said um, we have a name, but I don't think we actually mentioned what our name was. Oh. So, <laughs> our new name, of course, is called... <laughs> so, our new name is called The Catholic Walk with uh, Anthony and Mario, or Mario and Anthony. And, yeah, so... Yeah, it's quite funny how we mentioned we had a name, but we didn't actually give them the name. Yeah. So, I guess... There we go. <laughs> now you guys are who we are. <laughs> from being the unnamed podcast Great. to the Catholic yeah. walk. And I think we'll, 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 we'll say the Catholic walk by Anthony and Mario. I think it sounds nicer that way. Gosh. Also A and M because it's like alphabetical in a way. Yes, great, And also great. in a way because you're putting the cleric and oh, then the lay person. Oh my gosh, Mario. There is, no such, there is no hierarchy, okay? When it comes to clerical and, and lay people. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. But um, I'll try and be the humble person in this situation and say that we are both equal. <laughs> well, great. Thank you, Mario. That was a great conversation. And thank yeah, you guys thank you. for listening yeah, in. And um, yes. until next time, peace. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And I uh, hope you all have a great time. God bless.